Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everyone. It's been a little while. We've trucked across many destinations and different places, but we're back with episode. Watch me nail this, Elliot. You ready for this? Episode yes. 38. Oh, you got it. <laughs> Well, guys, we are talking about two pretty amazing films uh, to come from this very special director, Antoine Fuqua. Uh, he's an American director. He was you know, born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, the and the two City. films. Yeah. And <laughs> the two films that we are talking about today are Training Day, which came out in 2001, and Replacement Killers, which came out in 1998. Now. Training Day was a seminal film for Denzel Washington's career because it garnered him a uh, best actor role for the Academy Awards. And uh, The Replacement Killers, though, is a very interesting film because it kind of sets the mood of Fuqua's uh, films and actually subsequent style, basically, in a way. Yeah. And and where he's kind of drawing his influences from, I mean, I was mentioning to you earlier, uh, John Woo really played a pivotal influence in The Replacement Killers because you have this Eastern and Western culture blend that really uh, just makes a great action film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Chalion Fett and uh, Mia Servino. Um, and really, Fuqua like um adapts his own style but also draws upon john woo's the killer uh which chow yun fat was in in china and really replacement killers marks chow yun fat's first american film actually so this is a pretty big film and it not only started you know fuqua's career it also started chow yun fat's american film career and really showed Mia Sorvino in a really cool badass light who at, yep. at the time I think she was married to uh or dating uh Tarantino hmm. and uh he actually told her to take this role because um it would be a chance to work with the great Chalion Fat. I mean, who wouldn't pa- I mean, you would not pass that role up, would you? <laughs> no, absolutely not. You know, like, of course, he's the godfather of kung fu movies, you know, so um, so really to kind of get into what these two films are about, there's a lot to, you know, uh, unravel here. Replacement Killers basically deals with a uh, hitman who's been tasked to kill this ma, um, this policeman and his family after he has uh, inadvertently killed a Chinese mafia triads boss's son. That's that's a <laughs> mouthful right there. Right. So the uh, once the son is killed in a, a police raid, the mo- uh, Chinese mafia goes after the cop and his family. They send Chow Yun Fat's character John Lee, who's very, very generic mm-hmm. uh, kung fu uh, <laughs> or very generic. Uh, f- name and he it's almost like saying john doe basically so (laughs) he's the hitman and he has to go kill this cop and he then decides not to and he grows a conscience because he's literally also been 
being forced to kill mm. by the triads or the the mafia, uh, the Chinese mafia, and he wants out, and he wants he's really just doing these killings because he's trying to protect his own family, his sister and his mother. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course he gets, you know, he gets Mia Sorvino's character, Meg Coburn, uh, who's like this kind of, uh, she makes false ideas. Yeah, she creates ways for people to get out of, get out of town. Yeah. To make and, you disappear, basically. And she's kind of, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like on the cusp of right before when like the cyberpunk era was starting to happen in the late 90s like with matrix and 13 i totally got that stuff. vibe for sure right there was some there was some influence for sure that that he was trying to throw in there especially that final scene at the very end with all of those quick after the the main battle all those quick cuts mm-hmm. the loading the gun the in the yeah. car like those those were really interesting and i could definitely see the cyberpunk type influence right there especially the neon oh, yeah. too and all the lights and just the camera editing and editing style too. Mm-hmm. Just the camera movement, the editing style. You see where the Wachowskis really, you know, be, they really draw upon a lot of films that you know, kung fu films that came before it. This just happens to be one of them. It actually came out like literally the year before uh, the Matrix came out. So we were getting this very cyberpunk action. Like action films were starting to get really techy, you know, gadgety. You know, the heroes were having to use gadgets to like help themselves disappear and hide from the bad guys. Very a Bond esque type of feel, but more Eastern influence comes in with kung fu martial arts, and it really creates this really cool blending of cultures. And you know, the choreography is amazing in this film. The fight choreography. Um, there's some it, it makes it a really kick-ass movie I'm, i watched it when i was a young kid and you know like it, it's been a long time since i've seen this film and totally had forgotten about how great it was so um what were your thoughts it, it reminds me a lot of police story actually yeah even even the final the final battle when he knocks the main the main uh boss off of the mm-hmm. the thing they're standing on and he hits all those lights going down i was like this is yeah reminiscent of jackie when jackie chan slides down that in the mall and all those yeah. lights like break and pop and everything but i, I thought overall it was a very fun film I, I loved that they gave uh that they gave uh meg the character yeah. of meg a very strong like female role and she wasn't just like you know a damsel in distress we saw a very right. strong... she could take care of herself oh yeah she definitely could take care of herself and she was an integral part of the story too and mm-hmm. uh, the, something I, I noticed watching both of these films with with Antoine is that he loves to put people together that are from different backgrounds and things like that and put them mm-hmm. in a space where they're in a, I, I guess you could say a different world. For example, in Training mm-hmm. Day, you know, they're dealing with the drug dealers, the, the gangsters, the, yep. uh, the Mexican mafia for that matter, you know, basically, yeah. right? So... He he puts his characters that are very different together, and then you kind of see the dynamic, and you also see how they're they're different with their viewpoints, especially in Training Day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you said, the replacement killers is like his start, and then Training mm-hmm. Day is like the I'm gonna really explore like the morality of what's right, what's wrong, how do you do this, how do you do that? Because you see it some of the replacement killers, right? Like, yeah, when when he has that moment where he potentially is going, when we find out that he's potentially wasn't going to shoot the cop. He was going to shoot the cop's son. That's who he was yeah. hired to kill. He has that moment of, 
well, this isn't right. Like, yeah, yeah it's what am take, I doing? Yeah, it's going to take care of me and I'm going to be safe. But at what cost? Like, I have family. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would I take? And you see the same thing in training day when right. when Jake is put in the tub and he's basically saying, I say he they find out that that was uh, the cousin, I believe, or or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like the cousin of the uh, drug dealer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, basically saves Jake's. That's what he's. That's uh, yeah, life he's, yeah, he because, saved earlier in the day because she was being raped by those two those two guys, and he just the, intervened. The two thugs, yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting how Foucault really, yeah, does throw their his characters into these particular situations because that's a really interesting uh, situation, especially in Training Day, because. You know, you have more of the urban setting and then with replacement killers, you have more of a, um, you know, chi- you know, Eastern and Western culture. Um, it, it's kind of ha- the scope of it is a lot broader in replacement killers, I would say. Yeah. And then training day felt more. I, I felt it, it's more, more realistic and more realistic. Yeah, yeah. like like the, the replacement killers, like you said, is a much broader scope. Yeah, and it almost feels kind of a fantasy the way it's mm-hmm. kind of set up. Also, some of the like you said, some of the editing, the way it's done, it's very like <laughs> Matrix, cyberpunky, stylized. Yeah, but then you then you go to Training Day, and it's like you're in the car, you're going through, you're you're just riding along, you're doing a ride along basically with with these two characters yeah. and seeing gritty, seeing the grit and just the mm-hmm. uh, the decision making, and and it, it leaves it up to your because I feel like with the replacement killers like. Antoine started to go with that morale. Like I said, he started to kind of work with like, what's more, like what's right, what's wrong. Like, would you do this? Would you not do this? Like, put in this mm-hmm. situation, how would you react? And then when you get right. to training day with two incredible performances uh, by Denzel and, and Ethan, Hawke. Ethan Hawke, yeah, I mean, both phenomenal <laughs> performance, especially Denzel. I I, I completely yeah. understand why he won an Academy Award for his performance. It, it's 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 gripping. It's gripping. There's yeah. so many. So many scenes, I'd love to just pull for that and and, and work with somebody on because there is some incredible stuff there, I think. But you see the situations that they're put in, which are a lot more mm-hmm. realistic, right? It's not... I mean, yeah, mafias right. exist and things like that, but it, it feels a lot more almost like fantasy with The Replacement Killers. It, it's yeah. more like you're watching just like an action film, like, here's our main character... He's also really good at like mar- martial arts and kung fu, and also really good with a with a gun as well. And there's a bunch of explosions and cool set mm-hmm. pieces, kind of kind of like police story, right? But then right. you have on the realistic side, the gritty side. Like here you are in Los Angeles, in the south side of Los Angeles, like right there on the and the, you're seeing all the the gangs and the drug deals going on, and you're seeing all right. this really messed up stuff that really realistically happens in real life. Well, it. Training Day is very much a um, study of how the abuse of power leads you down the wrong path. It has kind of a, in a sense, very um, religious tone to it, too, because it's where, like, you know, Denzel's character, Alonzo, is kind of like the tempting serpent who, Mm. you know, brings in Jake, the very innocent, naive cop, and takes him down the rabbit hole and kind of like f- basically fucks him up in a sense yeah. meant like mentally and shows him the horrors of what he's dealing with. If he wants to be come a undercover narcotics cop. And, and the you interesting know, thing about Denzel's character is that a lot of the time, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. He's not he's not wrong. Yeah, he has it's a very so tough to. Yeah, you, you, you. I mean, you can understand. I remember I was texting you while I was watching. I was like, "This is so mm-hmm. messed up." But if you're looking <laughs> from his perspective, and he's been in it for years, yeah, there is definitely a point where he goes too far. But there's also a point where it's like, "Well, what do you do in that situation? Like, if you're put in right. that situation, what are you going to do?" Because the the arguments you're he basically, makes for himself are are, are yeah. legitimate, right? He's like. Well, he's put in a situation that he's basically asked to give up his humanity and Mm -hmm. what makes him a good cop. You know, you have to lie, cheat and steal and always one up someone in that type of world that they're showcasing in this particular film training day. So Alonzo really, you know, is the embodiment of like what a corrupt cop is. You know, Mm -hmm. they think they're doing they're justified in what they are doing and there's a point of no return where they will go to the extremes and kill people kill the innocent to get what they want and what i what i love about training day is that the bad guys per se right the gangsters Mm -hmm. the 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 scum end up being the good guys they're actually the good guys yeah they're there's there there's a humanity to them they're shown that hey we're not all about just because I feel like when you see gangsters in films, right, especially if it's like a gangster film, like they're always like, ah, I'm going to shoot you. You did bad things or whatever. Right. Right. But you see a lot of moments like you see at moments that escalate, but you also see that they're just people, too. They're just in a different world and situation, but they have families. There's kids. I mean, when yeah. when Jake goes over to uh, the Mexican uh, individual's house to bring those things and he plays cards mm-hmm. with them. You can yeah. feel there's a tension there, but at the same time, like there's still they just want to play cards. Yeah, yeah, they're just yeah until things escalate. And but I mean, in the other yeah. room, there's kids, there's there's women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, it's like what are the extremes are you willing to go to for your family and put food on the table for your family? I mean, you know, unfortunately, these people are, you know, put in this situation. They they're living in this situation where they don't have any options to get out of that particular type of life you know and mm-hmm. and it's very sad that they you know it it's it it's they don't have those options you know and i think that's what we're even still fighting for that uh to this day you know mm-hmm. the fact that you know african americans are still fighting to get out of that particular lifestyle and try to you know um create a better life for themselves well, and not even just african-americans my minorities and in general. any any yeah any yeah. uh minority in general actually because yeah. um you know there's like it showcases like what extreme poverty and certain you know things going against like and and struggles that people experience mm-hmm. and then what do they have to overcome to try to just survive and live I also found it interesting that Antoine decided to make Alonzo, uh, Denzel, African-American, the, as the bad guy. And because mm-hmm. typically, and in, in, especially in the in, you know, recent news and things like that, and just in, the, the white cop is mm-hmm. the bad cop. And I found that very interesting that he went the way of... But again, it's, it's all up to what you think, right? Like, yeah. how do you perceive? Uh, because... Mm-hmm people people are judged based on the color of their skin and the world we live in right like as mm-hmm. soon as you see somebody you're going to make a judgment but that's just that that's the sad that's the sad way it is and alonzo or uh, antoine is really painting that picture 
I think beautifully of how how that how that is in society. But he also yeah. doesn't stereotype people. I feel like in the right. film, he gives them he the gives, freedom to be human, right? And he gives them like a duality of they have they have this background, but yet there is a sense of honor and certain morals that are common themes. Doesn't matter what race or religion you are, you have certain common decencies to your fellow man mm-hmm. and 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 women and like how do you treat one another and such you know like i found that it's also interesting because we see kind of similar senses of honor we saw it with takashi Miike's films with what is that sense of honor in the samurai caste system you know we're seeing it kind of even on the streets of la yeah there's a know, hierarchy it, there's a there's, there's a, a hierarchy there's a top and, you know a bottom, yeah and you know there's this again caste system that you know there yeah as i said there's there's honor in being a good person and you know people want that in a certain sense and then yet there's all these life struggles that they have to deal with to just like make a living and get by mm-hmm. um so and i think with the character of alonzo it's fast read a interesting uh, article on Al- alonzo he's based on an actual cop an lapd cop uh, officer mm-hmm. uh, rafael perez um who actually was like a narcotics undercover cop and he was involved in numerous crimes and corruption he actually had ties to the bloods and the murder of uh, B. I. G., uh biggie smalls and wow yeah and i i was like oh shoot <laughs> that's huge so yeah he uh so alonzo's kind of loosely based off of that particular cop and i i thought what they did with uh i mean he, like denzel when he took on this role he really tried to even dress and kind of do some mannerisms like Perez. Um, mm. It was ba- it was literally he based Alonzo off of him. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And and you know to kind of quote you know we're we're talking about how the struggles of life really are a factor in this particular film and and also as well as uh, replacement killers more so in Training Day though because it's the more grittier version mm-hmm. of what we experience in life to this day um you know the great quote you know the shit's chess not checkers that's yeah i think really sums up this whole entire film which when did you say well yeah because every everything that happens every uh event that happens there's an effect for example yeah. right he saves he saves the girl that was being raped that ends up mm-hmm. saving his life later on uh, Snoop Dogg, shout out to Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, <laughs> both in <know>. the film. <laughs> but uh, you, if you if you're listening closely, when when Alonzo and Jake are in that shootout in the in the house, he says, "You you want to know how he got like that? How he got in that wheelchair?" It's like, oh, because I mean, you can tell Alonzo's on the on edge like twenty four seven, right? But mm-hmm. he's also very calculated and knows. For example, he's when working they, when they, everyone. Yeah, when they when they bust into yeah. the house and they had they end up killing uh, the the gentleman there that was supposedly his friend. You mm-hmm. you hear that and Jake's like, "You killed him! You killed your friend!" After it's over, but then Alonzo's like, "No, 
He's like one of the top dealers. Like he's a bad guy, and it's like okay, yeah. but it, yeah, like, like it, he kills Roger in in cold blood. Yeah, but just because like, he wants the money. Yeah, and but his his justification is he's a bad guy. It's like okay, but did he yeah. deserve to die because he's a bad guy? And that's where Jake's like moral compass comes in. He's like. For even with the two, even with the two thugs, he he catches that are trying yeah. to rape the girl. It's not protocol. He, yeah, he he you know he handcuffs them or zip ties them basically, and mm-hmm. then Alonzo berates them and is almost almost going to kill them pretty much. I mean, he's got a he's got a gun to their head, right? Like mm-hmm. he he's just it, there's such a there's such a a tough decision for the audience to make about different because at first you're like okay alonzo's just like this you know he's a rough guy he's been through it he's been on the streets right but then as mm-hmm. the film goes on you're like wait a minute like is alonzo actually a good guy is 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 what he's standing for and what right. he's doing because he's doing good like you know he's helping out the communities but he's also stealing and taking but but again he's taking from people that are bad so is that good is it bad and that's that's what I love about what Antoine did. He, he gave you that decision to be like, okay, like this is a mm-hmm. bad person, and yeah, they're gone, but they're still a person, and th- you know the money went to somebody that could use it. But is that ultimately like a good thing? Or well, I think it begs the question: How far should a hero? I'm doing this in quotation. How far does the hero have to go to be the hero? Because mm-hmm. You know, I think Alonzo, when he, you know, takes the money from the uh, uh, Mary J. Blige, or not Mary J. Blige, uh, Macy Gray uh, uh, character and her son, when he just like walks like without a warrant, just walks into her home and takes Mm -hmm. her her money and and whatever drugs paraphernalia might be in the house. He just confiscate confiscates it and feels like he's above the law and he can just walk into anyone's home and just take their stuff you know because he's justifying it as as you said they're bad people in his Mm -hmm. eyes he is he is above them he is better than them and you know he even does like his own he does it to his own fellow cops he thinks he's better than them Mm -hmm. and he's got a god complex i mean it's the ultimate god complex that alonzo's character has oh yeah when he's standing on the streets at the end in the in the hood area there and he's saying yeah. you can't kill me I, I mean if you kill me or not whether i walk out of here or not it's bad for you i i have mm-hmm. all the power he's i think he says i am yeah. god basically and, no he says i'm king kong oh i'm king <laughs> kong that's what he is i'm king kong yeah you can't touch me mm-hmm. he, he has that security blanket because if they kill him they're going to jail for who knows how long because they kill the cop right and if he walks, you know, the, the he could still say, "Oh, they, you know, they shot at me or whatever." I mean, but then he, he fabricates the truth. Yeah. I mean, we see him manipulating Jake. We see him fabricating lies and and dis, and using deceit to one up everyone. I mean, he does it to even his uh, fellow uh, secretary, um, the uh, the senator, mm-hmm. uh, and also the. Uh, uh, the head of the police department and such, mm-hmm. you know, like that scene when he's like, you know, just he's just working everyone. That's the thing. It's like the long game of working the and hustling people. He's almost like a and con he, artist in a way. Exactly. Yeah. He's he very much is. He's got that mentality of a con artist. As we get to know him more through the film and more of the 
you know onion is unpeeled mm-hmm. uh it literally like comes into fruition that oh actually jake's more justified in his sense of duty justice and the law because mm-hmm. he's he represents you know the younger generation trying to uphold those values and alonzo's the older crowd where he's forgotten those values and he's just been corrupted by the system or his particular situation that he's in and now has to now feels like he's this is the only way he can he knows how to cope with being in that situation i mean he's also like the the russian mafia is after him because he owes the money and (laughs) you know it's like he's got a lot going against him he's got you know a girl on the side with a a son that he barely talks to and four kids and four kids you know and it's like you know he has a lot of emotional and it just just he has a lot of emotional baggage that he's carrying around with him you know and jake's character kind of represents more of the he, he has not as much baggage and he's more i feel justified in certain things but then as you said there's times when alonzo makes points that it's like oh it questions how do we view justice mm-hmm. too like what and i think you know this is an ongoing theme we're experiencing right now with corrupt political systems that we see around the world in our own country you know it's like how how is justice being served to the people mm-hmm. and how is it um affecting those the the haves and the have nots yeah and i think the hardest part about that is in reality the the you know i feel that the higher up no matter what happens they're not going to be affected so they it doesn't honestly matter to them it's the people that are below that are going to actually feel the effects which that's that's politics right yeah the uh, politicians or whatever will promise things and uh, you know say they're going to do things and then that never happens but it gets them elected at the time right so it's like it's such a it's you're a right. This is this is a it is a game. It is a game. And and yeah. to to Alonzo's character, this whole thing is a game. It, it absolutely mm-hmm. is. Because at, at the beginning, you're like, okay, this guy's just a really hard. He's just he's just a hard, rough guy. He's gonna you know rough up Jake, kind of show him the ropes. But then you realize, no, he's he's just playing a game. From getting the smoke at the very beginning of the movie, that way, you know, if he ever tries to double cross him, he could be like, oh, your blood is full of of you know narcotics and things that are gonna get you put put in jail. Like, how's it yeah. going to look if a cop is high and full of PCP and all this type of stuff and yep. killed somebody? I mean, who's going to win that argument, right? Well, he, like, tricks him into taking, I think it's PCP, right? It, or it's like, a, yeah, it's PCP. It's like it's a, a mix, mix of, of something. Of, yeah, it's a bunch of things. And, um, you know, he he then uses that to gain advantage over him and use it against Jake. Try Or, like, he keeps dangling it. And, and uh, see, over his and see the thing about that scene is what's so incredible about that scene is that he has a really good reason for right. yeah he pressures him with the gun and everything but he actually has a really good reason why he's making him do it which mm-hmm. in the end is just total is is total mess it doesn't it, it means absolutely nothing he's just doing it to manipulate him but what and he says is a very him, you know? is yeah what what he says is a really good point though he's like oh yeah you know if you don't take like if you if you're in the field and somebody offers you something you don't take it they're gonna they're gonna put a cap in you Tell basically you. and yeah it, it makes sense it makes total sense you even almost kind of see that when he goes to with with the uh, the Mexican guys and mm-hmm. they're like 
oh, you know, sit down, have a beer with us. And he's like, no, 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 beer. He's like, no, no, play yeah. a game, play a game. Because I thought that yeah. scene was going to escalate way quicker than it did. And it eventually yeah. did escalate because Jake felt that he was in danger and he was. Well, he, but, he always is like, he's put in these situations where you're just like, he, 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 you can see he physically wants to be out of that situation. And, yeah. you know, like he just, he doesn't know how to react because he's so, so green to that world. And mm-hmm. he's not, he hasn't like, he, he hasn't really developed um, the courage to uh, allow himself to like be manipulated by that world too Mm -hmm. you know at least that's what alonzo wants him to kind of start to break down his wall of you know justice and 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 that hero that jake hero complex that jake has i think alonzo is trying to break that down and he definitely breaks it down because he literally betrays him yeah and when what's interesting about that is that moment when jake is spared by uh the mexican uh, gang guys Mm-hmm. That's when he kind of has his switch because Alonzo tells him he passed when he sees him, right? Because he, in that moment, he's just yeah, smiley, he, smiley's yeah, gang. He he's <laughs> he's full of hatred. He's absolutely full of hatred by that point, and he he yeah. just wants to kill Alonzo. Uh, and oh yeah, you know, that turn is like one of the most crazy turns in a movie. I think for a hero to just snap because he's literally been put into a situation where he's he's going to lose his life. And then he realizes like, no, I got to freaking survive this because I need to kill the motherfucker who tried to put, who put me in this situation. Yeah. And then it becomes, it's interesting because then it switches to like a revenge type of flick where, you know, Jake is going and tracking down Denzel and trying to enact justice on the villain. And Mm -hmm. really this was Denzel Washington's first like real villain role. Because he had been playing all these very uh, heroic uh, type of roles. And this film really allowed him to explore his villain, villainous side, his dark yeah. side. And I, I, yeah, it's one of them. It's really amazing to watch his performance in this film. I think it's one of his best. It, it's really interesting to see where Fuqua came from with replacement killers to kind of shift it back to that particular film i think mm-hmm. without replacement killers we would not have training day and because the two are very synonymous into fuqua's artistic style mm-hmm. you know he does gritty he does uh stylized he you know it's interesting because you in each of his films he even did the king arthur film uh with uh clive owen and he also did um he's done the equalizer movies he works a lot with denzel washington but in each of his films he's like he also did the remake of the magnificent seven Mm -hmm. as well so he's done westerns he's done sci-fi with uh infinite and which is his like homage to sci-fi so you can really see like okay he's got you know he's got the street urban influence you know he did that with brooklyn's finest he did that with training day and then with replacement killers it's like his homage to old kung fu movies then Mm -hmm. he's got the westerns and then he's now and then he's you know with the equalizer it's like just pure action i think with antoine Fuqua's films you really 
have a director who loves to play in different genres and his character studies are very uh, poignant because mm. I think some of it comes from his own experience growing up in you know Pittsburgh and and because it said like he was uh, he grew up in like a rough part of town and stuff and he had to overcome those struggles to get to where he is as a really great director and such he, he even he got started also directing music videos too so it's like he is a a real artist in viewing the human condition i think well i mean we as artists right we we draw and pull from our past experiences and and things we've gone through in our life right mm -hmm. yes. so even if he wasn't you know a cop or around no. gangsters per se or a kung fu action hero there's still <laughs> some influence that yeah. brought those films to life and mm -hmm. like we always talk about with with these directors because we typically will watch you know a first work of theirs and then a more recent work yeah. uh it, it's cool to see like you said how the replacement killers we went from that which is a really fun film we had a really great yeah. story and two incredible characters to something as gritty and deep and just uh just pulls you in like training day that still still can apply it, like the replacement killers still has the same values and meanings and and story behind it like what uh, antoine is trying to convey and then mm -hmm. training day you really get down into that morality like what's what's right what's wrong because there are there's decisions like we yeah. talked about in the replacement killers like what did would you would you kill that would you shoot the kid to better mm -hmm. your to make sure you know you're safe and your family's safe or do you do there's another way yeah there there's always a, there's way. always another way i mean it might be death which is basically what he chooses uh, you know, he, he mm -hmm. takes the he takes the road less traveled or the third option, whatever you might call it. Right. And mm -hmm. he goes as a result, he's being chased and hunted for the remainder of the film. And so is the kid, for that matter. Yeah. The kid is also being hunted because they want they want to enact revenge. And mm -hmm. revenge is a revenge is not seen in training day, I don't think, really, until when when the Jake very, has that flip. Right. It's yeah. like he wants revenge. He's like, I've been putting up with this. I I got myself into this. I've been I I basically. I mean, he's been scarred, right? He's he's had so many things transpire in a day. He, yeah. he watched a man die, and was basically told that he was the one that killed him. Uh, he yep. had to he had to do drugs. He was in the gangs and nearly he had to murdered. save a girl from being raped. You know, yeah, it's, he had to save a girl from being he's raped. He's seeing how dark the streets are and how fucked up everything is in the world, and. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. Like the just the fact that with these two films, you have amazing character studies. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think they're really great because like especially in replacement killers, like, you know, it's a man who's trying to find his sense of what is the honorable thing to do in the situation he's being put in. And, you know, as, as you said, like if you're if the situations were flipped like how would he react in that particular moment mm -hmm. you know so and also also if you're the if you're the mob boss if he's mm -hmm. if he you know flip his flip his scenario to the mob boss and flip like, his situation yeah yeah as i'm saying like, your if, son if his son was killed. the one that was killed yeah what do you do yeah. in that situation yeah i know it's like he humanizes the villains which is mm -hmm. really interesting because you know, you don't have there with pure, there is like there, there is pure evil in this world, but with 
I think Fuqua's villains, he likes to give them like a human side and you're not quite sure where the line is drawn between evil and good. Yeah. And they're always kind of playing off of that. Yeah. I love that final, basically, I guess you'd call it a monologue type thing that Denzel does when he's Mm -hmm. surrounded by the the gang at the end. And, you know, they basically laid down their gun because he's safe. But at the same time, he's lost everything because he thought he had them under his like finger because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, kill Jake. And they're like, no, we're different. Like, we're, we're not. That's not us. Yeah, we're yeah. gangsters. Yeah, we're supposedly bad people, but we don't just kill because you told us to kill. Like, you're not our you're not our leader. You're not our you're our not king, the executioner. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just because you have a title that you're abusing doesn't mean you get to tell us what to do. And right. that's and then after that, you know, things happen and and uh <laughs> Alonzo doesn't have a great time. Things happen. <laughs> things happen. Lots of things yes. happen. That's interesting. That's something. That's something I wanted to point out and ask about. Yeah. Yeah. What was the significance of pulling up next to the girl that she was smoking a cigarette? What do you think? Like why why did they highlight that yeah. moment so much? That's a good question because I was wondering sort of the same thing because I was like, it comes out of nowhere, but and they really in focus a sense on though, it. in a sense though, I think it's because it's a distraction and they're it's a game basically to the mo- uh, the Russian mafia that's after him, and so they use that particular um, ploy to distract Denzel and let his guard down because he goes oh it's a beautiful woman type of thing mm-hmm. and he's he's a player so he's gonna like you know I don't know he looks at her and then like yeah he puts his hand on the wall like he's about ready to yeah do something and then he is gunned down and such spoiler alerts guys but <laughs> you know it's it's really interesting because yeah I, I I I thought that was very interesting that that happens in that particular moment because we don't know who this girl is that just pulls up. Behind. I'm assuming she works for the Russian. Mafia. That's what I'm assuming, too, because they didn't shoot her. So, right. She kind of and she doesn't really like drive off and, and she's not like an innocent bystander. I thought it was like, oh, she's just the distraction to get him to like stay. And then they come yeah. in and they kill him. Yeah, I have a feeling she must have been a part of it because she does speed yeah. off at the end. And I feel like if she was a normal civilian, she probably would have been too shocked to like leave the scenario or situation. Or she's or. actually the boss. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, deep. that's interesting. She she's actually the boss, and maybe she was because they never really quite go into why Alonzo, um, you know, owes them money and such mm-hmm. and i think he probably conned them oh you're gonna formulate and conned her and worked like you know probably had some kind of relationship with this girl and i'm i'm making a whole different backstory here but you know i could see I, it and, i could see it but maybe that's what they were trying to go for in that particular moment yeah so, what, I, what I, I oh go ahead yeah yeah well i was gonna say like a lot of um you know maybe there was a whole another backstory to the Russian mafia that got left and left at the edit bay basically and mm. or left on the cutting table, I should say. And, you know, cause like it kind of happened, we see it happened in, um, the replacement killers. There was, a the, there was more scenes with, uh, Meg and 
um, John mm-hmm. and more of a romantic, more romantic scenes between the two of them. And there was more focusing on their romantic relationship. But that kind of when the producers came in, they kind of exnayed that because it didn't test well with seeing biracial uh, characters in a relationship mm. at that particular time. This is 1998, which I'm like, you're, you're kidding, right? Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's crazy. It's it's crazy how audiences uh, have always struggled to accept, you know, same sex relationships and uh, just different types of, and, and, and heterosexual, homosexual, whatever, you know, and seeing, and it's always been a struggle fighting for those rights to see that on the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're in a day and age now that it's part of the conversation, thankfully, you know, so, and we're, you know, s- still trying to make sure everyone's included. In, yeah. in cinema and i think this is a really interesting point that like they couldn't even accept a chinese man being attracted to an american woman yeah and i'm like see i come from a, a biracial family and, and multiracial family and you know it's like my grandparents had that you know where you know uh, my grandma was japanese and my grandpa was jewish so you know it's like I could I, I I think I related more to replacement killers, but I still loved and can respect Training Day for its performances mm. and its message as well. Yeah, you told me you you much preferred the replacement killers. Now I understand why. Yeah. There's more of an attachment for you to. Yeah, to it was that. like okay, this is I, I I feel more connected to these particular characters in a certain mm. sense, just from my own personal background. But you know that's. You know, it's it's interesting, like how um, Fuqua really, you know, studies these particular relationships with characters. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite? <laughs> oh, Training Day, easily. Training Day, easy. yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I think it's more complex. Um, oh yeah. I know not everybody enjoys the film, but mm-hmm. I, you can't, you can't take away from Denzel's performance. I mean, if, if you take anything away from that film, it's, that's an incredible performance. And I absolutely see why he won an Academy Award because mm-hmm. that there, he goes through so many, like he's the thing that I always think I always say about villains in yeah. television or film is like a great villain is somebody that you don't hate mm-hmm. because at the start of the film you kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing at the end you're like oh man this guy is terrible he kind of becomes the villain type right but right if i think about some of the greatest shows and films i've watched mm-hmm. the villain typically has some type of human quality that makes it like oh i can kind of understand and we've seen that in some other films that we watched from some other directors right and it's like they're not just the, oh, maniacal, I'm going to blow up the world or destroy your life or whatever. I right? have you like, now. <laughs> like they have, a mor- they have a reason. They have, they have a moral compass as to like, you know, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, right. Mm-hmm. The, if there's, and, and if, the, if the audience can understand and, and I guess empathize even, right? Because, yeah, well, of course, we're not going to be the villain and we're not going to do those things. But if we were put in that situation, we're humans. We have feelings. Right. We, we understand when people lose people or like we lose somebody in our life or we go through hardship. Like 
we get that. And if we see somebody going mm-hmm. through that as a, you know, as from a bad, from the bad side, but they're still going through those type of things, we can, we can feel for that because right. at the end of the day, we're all human. That's why, like I said, with training day, all your, yeah. all your gangsters, all, all your criminals and all these things that they're, you know, that Antoine is showing us. But he's mm-hmm. showing them in a very human light because they are. They're, we're mm-hmm. all just humans. Like, well, yeah, if they're you not- see someone suffering, you know, like you want to. Our choice as humans is to try to help the, that person mm-hmm. not suffer, you know. And I don't know. That's just how I was raised. And yeah, and, and, raised, and the fact like- of like with, with like decision making and those type mm-hmm. of things, like everyone has decisions they make that's what formulates our lives that's what puts us where we're at currently mm-hmm. or where we're going to be in 10 years or 15 years right so and every decision has a, a typically a positive and a negative which in training day you see that right like jake's decisions exactly. have positives have negatives and alonzo's decisions definitely have big positives or big negatives for him <laughs> for alonzo it's all about him but at the same time he's also trying to take care of other people even though he's doing it in a the the wrong way, right? Well, it's also the only way he really knows how to yeah. do it and how he's been, you know, well, the tools well, the, that the, he's been the, given. That's the question, right? Like, what made Alonzo like that? There, there's because mm-hmm. people aren't just born like that. There's influences, no. right? Everyone's influenced by people they grow up with or around. And like you were mm-hmm. saying about Antoine, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, not the greatest part of town. Uh, you, yeah. I'd love to know the backstory of why Alonzo, because like, yeah, we see Alonzo just like, uh, kind of like, he didn't take anything, right? He's like, yeah, you know, you, you, he, right off the bat, you can tell he's not going to be a, a J- Jake's friend. Like, but he seems like he's yeah. going to be. He seems, because well, I think the only human moment that I really saw of Alonzo's character was when he's with his son uh, and we first meet his little boy and because he, he brings Jake over to meet his girl and, and the kid and he just, you know, tells Jake to wait in the thing. And then after he's, you know, made love to his <laughs> his girl, uh, he comes out and and says, like, yeah, we got to go. And. Uh, ha- he has a moment with his son and the son just doesn't really know his father. He doesn't say much to him, but there's something between them. That's like, okay. Like, cause he asks him, how are you doing? Like, I, do you have everything you need? And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting way to give him some humanity there because it's like, he does actually care for his son and he's trying mm-hmm. to make a better life for his son. But, but this is this is this is yeah. made me think of this too. But when it comes to the point where him and Jake are in the house and they're having the shootout, and the son is yes. standing there, Alonzo doesn't care. Is, Alonzo is basically saying at that point in time that hey, I'll kill him and blame it on you. That it, it was your fault. Right. He's, yeah, and, he's and reading. He's reading out what the press release would be. He, exactly, because he's been driven to madness in a sense because he he literally loses his humanity through yeah, the pro- this point. whole film you know by that point and he's he's willing to sacrifice his own child to get what he wants which is to escape and uh get away with the money yeah in reality you know? jake is the one that makes him lose his humanity completely because no one's questioned him before and i think that that in a sense or maybe they have but you know it seems like he they didn't typically last re- long 
Yeah, yeah it typically seems yeah. like he rides solo for the most part. So the fact that Jake starts questioning all these things and bringing up these questions, it's also for the viewer like, wait a minute, like, mm-hmm. you know, what if what if Jake wasn't there? What if Alonzo was just doing all these things? Like, well, would there Jake be a just training him? Jake is training him. Oh, so the rookie <laughs> is actually training the, tra- the that's the pro. Yeah, I would say you could see it from that point of view where, yeah, Jake is that training force that breaks Alonzo's wall down and makes him mess up. You know, he's had mm-hmm. it going good so far, and then Jake comes in and this really righteous cop, and it's a, you know, it's like a stick of dynamite. It's like lighting a fire under it, and it blows up in Alonzo's goes, face. Boom. He goes boom. He lo- no, he loves to say boom throughout the. He yes. says it boom. so many times throughout boom. the film. Boom, boom. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that you know you could take from both of these films is that there's Antoine loves to explore morals, yeah. right? Like what's right, what's wrong. How do you decide right mm-hmm. from wrong, and what what ultimately would you do in those situations? Because yeah, you can say something if you're not in a situation and we could say something in life if we're not in a certain situation, if we see something, but it's like, if you're in that situation, like what would you do? And ultimately what is right? How much power is too much power? Like you said, right? How much, how much Mm -hmm. justice is too much justice, right? There's, I think these, both these films in their own ways bring up some incredible conversation starters that apply probably now more than ever especially with how you know how rampant things are going right now in society and with all these issues and things bring being brought up i think these two films really especially training day uh bring up these these questions and are great things that everyone should see and really you know start talking about to keep the conversation going exactly i mean this conversation's continuing thankfully today because we should be questioning those who are in charge we should be questioning how they like practice how they operate and how they operate in the just judicial field you know are they good people are they doing the right thing for those that don't have a say or don't have the rights for things you know Mm -hmm. so it's a good question to ask and i think we really see that with these two films yeah and i think it boils down to you know there are good people and there are bad people in every part of your life and every part of the world and every occupation. It's a matter of, you know, figuring out how we can go about bettering ourselves as ourselves and also each other and working together for a common good to get to that point. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.